let's talk about the overdose death rate that we're seeing in British Columbia now. Shocking numbers released by the BC Coroner's Service. In the month of May, British Columbia recorded 170 illicit drug overdose deaths. That's the highest monthly mortality total ever recorded in British Columbia. That works out to an average of 5.5 deaths per day. What is driving this? Is it the pandemic with people forced to self-isolate, maybe people using drugs alone? The border restrictions, is that impacting the drug supply uh, in Vancouver? We have a dangerous drug supply in the city. Are there other factors that we should be aware of? Let's check in now with Laura Shaver. She is a member of the board at Vandu, the Vancouver area network of drug users. And I'm very pleased to welcome her to the show. Hi, Laura. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks a lot for doing this. Can you tell me a little, what is Vandu, for people who are not familiar with that? What do you guys do there? Um, so Vandu is of the Vancouver Area Network of Drug Users. It's a harm reduction um, facility as well as it's um, an overdose prevention site, so it's where people can go and use their, um, what we are seeing is extremely changed um, drugs right now. Um, yeah, I believe that um, it's both the pandemic and, um, you know, just the lack of, um, you know, safe supply and people being self-isolating, it is, it is forcing them to, you know, as well as the borders being closed. It yeah, seems you- like, um, you know, th- this is the craziest I've ever seen it. Like you said, there's, that means there's five people a day in BC dying. Yeah. It's, it's incredible, absolutely incredible. I've never seen anything like it before. Yeah, it is terrible. Uh, are you are you using drugs now yourself? Um, yes, actually, I am. Um, I've been actually quite lucky to be able to access the safe supply. Um, so instead of having to, um, you know, be out every day accessing the tainted illicit drugs, I've been a little bit lucky being able to um, be on a, a prescription um, of called okay. Dilaudid, which is... Um, uh, uh, I guess it's a prescription opiate. Yeah. Um, still being, though, many people are still, um, you know, though the prescriptions are, are available to some people, those that are self-isolating are still having an extremely hard time um, accessing them through their doctors, so they're still having to be on the streets. And with a lot of the SROs being, being closed, it's meaning them the places where most of the people live down here, down here, if they're not on the streets, um, are, are having to use a loan more than they ever would. Right. Right. The, um, the government has talked about making that safe drug supply available as, as you mentioned, and I guess some people like yourself have been able to access it, but uh, the last numbers I looked at, there were an estimated 5,000 inter- intravenous drug users on the downtown east side. And what percentage of those of those people do you think have been able to access safe supply of drugs? Oh my goodness, I would Not have to say barely, but there's barely any other number. You know, I, I know that it's it's been a great effort for it, but but the point of people just pe- people being able to access it is just it's 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 not good enough. Yeah, um, especially when people are living on the street, they definitely don't. I'm sorry. Um, so y- you were addicted to her- you were addicted to heroin for a number of years, right? Yes, many years, and actually, yeah. I'm still um, I, I'm still you I'm still using. Yeah. Um, but I ex- 
because of the different work that I do with um, the BC Center on Substance Use and the British Columbia Association of People on Opiate Maintenance, you know, I've been a little bit luckier being able to, you know, have access to the safe supply, you know, and moving me further and further away from the illicit drug use as well as I have a partner that has an extremely compromised immune system, which makes, um, you know, made it even easier for me to have a doctor accept, you know, the reasons why I needed to have safe supplies so I wasn't having to access, you know, a pharmacy right. every day or being out, you know, having to, um, you know, go out and uh, try and access an even, you know, even worse, you know, tainted drug supply than ever. Um, let, let me ask you about that. Let me ask you about the tainted the tainted drug supply that's available on the street. So, what is what is your what is that like? Like it's it's basically there is there more fentanyl in the drug supply now? Is that why it's more dangerous? So actually, right now, what it is is there's more benzodiazepines in it. Hmm. So it's like um, you know um, they're mixing kind of like you know uh, almost like a volume type of a drug or, or something like that into with the fentanyl, which is making it even even worse. So it's not just the fentanyl now, it's now what they're also mixing in with that, which is making it even more deadly. And because of the fact that um, naloxone, which is what they, you know, the first responders and us would use to bring somebody back from an opiate overdose or fentanyl overdose, um, it doesn't it doesn't react the same. So right. it's harder to bring somebody back from an overdose with what they're mixing in with the fentanyl now. Right. When with the with the drug supply being so dangerous, when you see people like when people are still using like the, a toxic drug supply, do a lot of people know the risk they're taking? Or like why do people continue to use when the when the drug supply is so dangerous? Is it just the grip of the addiction? What's the explanation? It is because of the fear of it all. It's the actual, yeah. the, the withdrawal is a physical, not just a mental addiction, it's a physical addiction. So yeah. people are people are, are, are scared to, to have to go through that. Sometimes that, it you know, it, it, and especially when they're, you know, they're living, they're living on the street. Yeah. They don't want to be sick, which, when you're sick, which means you can be throwing up, you can, you know, you'll have diarrhea, you're cold, you're shivering, you're letting your, you know, sometimes you can't think straight, you know, it's the, almost the fear of withdrawal is, is greater than the fear of death. Wow. Do you think that the amount of money that has come into the community from pandemic relief programs, primarily the CERB, the, uh, the emergency relief benefit, do you think yeah. that, is that fueling, do you think, drug use? Like, are people getting CERB payments and, and using that to uh, using the money to buy dangerous drugs? You know what? Drugs? The fentanyl crisis happened way before the CERB payments were coming out. No. To me, I think that, that for a, mo a lot of people, that's been the best thing that could have ever happened to them, is being able to have this this amount of money come in. But and also, a lot, a lot of people, they can't access the CERB because they're, they haven't been working, so they're not actually even, they're not eligible for it. So when I hear people saying that, oh, with a CERB, the money that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think that's a definitely wrong view to have. The fentanyl crisis has been going on, as far as I'm concerned, since 2014. 
Okay, let, me, let me play. Switch from methadone to methadote, which, would, as far as I'm concerned, is a second grade medication, which right. I'm actually in a class action lawsuit right now against the Mallinckrodt Pharmaceuticals and the province of British Columbia because um, 75 to 80 percent of the people that were on a medication that was working for them as an opiate replacement either relapsed back to heroin and now to the tainted drugs and have died or went up in their prescriptions thinking that, you know, that was going to help their medication last them longer. Hey, Laura, uh, on the show yesterday, I interviewed Terry Lake. He's the former Minister of Health in British Columbia, and we were talking about this issue. He thinks that the CERB money, we were talking earlier about the CERB payments that have come, that have a lot of millions of Canadians are collecting right now. He thinks that that isn't uh, a factor here in the overdose death, death rate that we're seeing. I just want to play you this clip here and then get your thoughts on it. This is Terry Lake yesterday. The increase in money in the system may be a factor as well. Talking to uh, harm reduction and housing providers in the interior of BC, they've had firsthand experience with this, where their vulnerable clients all of a sudden have a lot of money and often have been encouraged to apply for CERB, even though they may not qualify, by those willing uh, and, and wanting to sell them illicit drugs. When we have check issue day, for instance, for income assistance, that we tend to get an increase in overdose deaths. Okay, Laura, you're on the front lines there on this issue. What do you think of that? You don't think that's correct, right? So, you know, I, I, I have to say that there's, you know, I'm sure that, that it's contributed a little bit, but the thing is, is that I want people to focus on the fact that we have been having a fentanyl crisis now and overdose since 2016. Yeah. Okay, there's still, actually, I think 24, but there's still 11 people a day in Canada dying whether they're a serve or not, the point is, is that this this may have con- this may have contributed a little bit, but the, but there's still um, an extreme extreme overlaying problem that is not going away, and and that is worse. So instead of focusing on the serve, which is may may yes maybe it has contributed a bit, but we need to focus on what is what is actually. You know, there is that people don't have the choices or the access to the proper opiate replacement medications that they need, which is actual prescription heroin. Right. Now, the government has said that they're trying to make that available. But in your experience, you touched on this earlier. What, what do you think needs to be done? You think that there's has to, the government what has to do a better job making making these prescription drugs available to people? Well, for sure. And they just need to, you know. We do have people that are on prescription heroin here in Vancouver already. Right. Also, I was part author um, with the BC Center in Substance Use um, on what we called the Heroin Compassion Club, which is the same type of model as the Marijuana Compassion Club, um, where people could access um, prescription heroin um, at a much cheaper cost and much safer. And I, all that needs to happen is that, you know, Health Canada needs to implement this. We know that it's shown that when people are able to access these medications, their lives change. It saves lives, gives them better quality of life. Instead of breaking into your car, they're driving their own. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that the they need to listen to the people that are affected the most because without us, you can't make a program or decide what a program is going to work the best unless you do, and we've been speaking about this for years, 
Um, and I think using the CERB or saying that the CERB is, is one of the biggest contributors is is just, you know, almost point trying to push the view onto something else again instead of just actually focusing on the people that are dying or the people that are going to die today. Because I know right now that today there's going to be five people dead from a fentanyl overdose. Yeah, yeah that's certainly been the, the, the average numbers for sure. What about... Um treatment and recovery like sometimes i hear people say why don't we do more to get people off drugs can we can we invest more in treatment can we invest more in recovery do you think i know that you you kicked heroin at one point right i mean you got clean yourself at one point i sure did and what and you know what i did do is i went on to a prescription um opiate replacement therapy um you know recognized as a recovery drug by the um health canada and then that was, was methadone, switched. right? That's right. And then yeah. was switched on to methadose, right. where within six days I relapsed and have been using injection heroin ever since. Oh. So as a recovery, you know, for everybody, recovery means a different thing. For me, recovery was, was being put on methadone, was being able to work at the Vancouver Area Network of Drug Users, because as soon as I did, I stopped going to jail. I stopped ca- doing crime, yes, still using illicit drugs, but using them in a different way. You know, I have a almost a full-time job that I've had for almost 12 years, you know, um, and I, I'm, I'm able to function, um, you know, with a harm reduction model instead of, um, I guess, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but, but um, yes, everybody needs, there needs to be different choices. So, being a recovery model, it depends. Everybody's recovery is different. Being on um, uh, a safe supply is a recovery for some people. It will take them off the street and will stop them from using illicit and deadly drugs. Okay, last last question for you, Laura. With with the dangerous drug supply out on, on the streets, I mean, if you tell someone who's in the grip a grip of addiction, look, it's, you're you're risking your life if you take these drugs. Is that going to make any difference? Like, is it? Does it make any difference to, for an awareness program to just tell people how dangerous the drugs are, to tell people not to use alone? Does that help? I think, I think showing them how to use safely, showing them where they can use, where they don't have to be alone, and as well as um, you know, looking, into, looking into the different programs to help people that live alone or that are going to use alone, you don't have to do that, where they can be safe. You know, you can always... No. Two holes in the arm is better than one hole in the ground, meaning you can always use more, you can never use less. Laura, thank you for coming on today. I hope better days are ahead for everybody. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.